To quote my guest today, it's time to rewrite the history books for women and sexuality and stop blaming men. Welcome to Love featuring your host, Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. Helping women to embrace their femininity has been a passion of mine for the past 10 years. Part of the healing women need to undertake is the misunderstanding of the vagina, or as I prefer, the tantra word for yoni, the power of their sexuality and the healing of abuse. It's quite commonly believed that 100% of females have experienced some type of inappropriate touching. Many are sexually dysfunctional and others have sexual abuse to heal. And so I'm really excited to have my gorgeous friend Diane McCann joining us again on the show today as she's been rewriting her rule book to Tantra. Diane is not just a role model to me, however, also an amazing mentor and someone I deeply aspire to be more like. While she's been teaching her wisdom for, well, just over, I think, five decades, she continues to have new insight to share and remains committed to her personal self-development journey and tirelessly passes on her wisdom. So let's get into the gorgeous conversation I had with Diane now. Diane, I understand you've been spending some time on rewriting your rule book to Tantric and that you've got some gorgeous wisdom to share with us about masculine and feminine energies. Yes, well, I have. It's been a really interesting 12 months, Jane. So I want to start with talking a little bit about how all of the movies and all of the stories and everything that we ever read about the grail, one of the ones that pops into my mind immediately is Harrison Ford, you know, in that movie where his father's crying out to him, you know, help or come and get me, and he's trying to get the grail. And the grail is always depicted as a cup, yeah? Yes. So I believe that we, that's women, actually are the grail. That's a huge Ah. thing to say. I really believe that that is what we are. It's the feminine principle of the world. It's the half of the feminine and masculine which can't function without the other half. So if we look at the grail and in the versions that we all see, the women actually somewhere along the line are in possession of it and the men, whenever you think about that kind of thing, is usually a male with a spear. Well, if you think about the grail, the cup, as being a woman and her yoni, which for those of you who don't know what that is, it's a vagina, or in tantra, it's a sacred space, versus the spear, which, of course, can be interpreted quite literally as being the penis or the lingam or the wand of light. When we bring those two things together, we have a wholeness, so... We really need each other if we are going to change how this planet actually works. Now, I personally hold the thought that most people, and women in particular, are anaesthetized sexually. And I think that we're numb in many, many, many areas in our life. It's like 
We've had 3,000 years of patriarchy. I know this isn't really connected to sex. but No, it is actually. I've just been teaching very similar subject matter in Bali. So okay. it absolutely is. Okay, yes, great. we are in a patriarchal society and it absolutely cut ties in. I love where you're going with this. Absolutely. And so because it's been a patriarchal world and because women have been annihilated over 3,000 years, so, you know, if we spoke up in the old days, we were burnt or we were put in a nunnery or we were put in a psychiatric place and we were laughed at and ridiculed. I don't know that there is a woman on the planet, Jane, who has not been inappropriately touched somewhere along the line, accidentally, ha-ha, in a lift or wolf whistled or cat called or any of those things. It's like women for centuries have buried those feelings of rage that we hold. I'm talking about the women as a whole. I'm not talking specifically individuals, although I do see it in many, many, many women. So it's like there's this deep, dark rage that's inside us. And so what we do is we actually shut down. It's like, I'm not going there because it's too painful, it's too hard, and why should I do that for that person? The problem is that we have basically cut off our own head. What's that word? We've cut off our... Despite our nose. Cut cut our nose off despite despite our our face. (laughs) So I think that there is an original wild woman, like I've been reading lots of ancient stories, you know, the story about the men being drawn in by the silkies, the selkies, S-E-L-K-I-E, who, you know, the mermaid-type women who called to them. But there's an amazing story about a selkie who gets captured by a fisherman and he's really lonely and he captures this selkie this night accidentally in his fishing nets. But they're only allowed out of the water for a certain amount of time. Otherwise, they can't go back. And he was so besotted with her that he took her home and he made love to her and he asked her to stay for a year and a day. It's a really old story. Of course, when the year and the day was up, they had a child and so she stayed again. And by the time she got to a place in her life where she was like, something's missing, what's missing? And, of course, she no longer had her selfie skin. She had human skin. No matter how she tried, she found all these old selfie skins one night, but she couldn't sew them together to make her own skin because she'd given it up. And the way I see women is we've given it up. We've given away that incredible part of who we are, the truth of who we are, which is we hold up half the sky, as that beautiful book says. So it's like, If we look at the original wild woman, this was the woman who spoke her truth, who claimed her sexuality. You know, look at the story of Demeter and Persephone. Do you know that story? I was about to say I don't know that one. Persephone is the beautiful, beautiful daughter of the goddess Demeter or Demeter, whichever way you want to say it. And Hades down there under the ground, he saw her and went, "Mm, I'm going to have her. And so he stole her from the earth. And so Demeter was totally devastated and she spent months and months and months walking the earth, calling for her daughter. And eventually she became almost catatonic and two young sisters found her. 
they took her home to their mother. But, of course, being with a mother and her two daughters made it even worse. And she was literally paralysed with shock and fear and grief. And along came Balbo, goddess Balbo, who is known in the goddess world as the raucous one, you know, the raunchy one and the sexy one. Not sexy, that's not a good word, but... Teaser? Yeah, who exploits her feminine wiles, if you like. And so they brought her to try to get Demeter out of her pain. And she told jokes, nothing happened. And eventually she lifted up her skirts and, of course, she was naked underneath and she spread her legs and it made Demeter laugh. And she laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed. So eventually she decided to talk Demeter, talk to Zeus, the big god of the sky, and made a deal with him that she could have her daughter back for six months of the year, which, of course, is spring and summer. And the other six months of the year, Persephone would go underground to be with Hades, and that's autumn and winter. So that's the ancient myth of that. But what that means is that by looking at a yoni, it made her laugh. So I think that what I'm coming to fast is the conclusion that women are the grail, that we need to absolutely get in touch with our own sexuality in a really big way. We need to be honouring it. We need to be expressing what we feel. We've for too long been at the effect of men. We have to take responsibility for the fact that we think men know everything there is to know. What we have to do is we actually have to start spending time with ourselves and with our yoni and with our beloved, but exploring it. You know, I've had women who have said, I I never masturbate or I never touch myself. It's like, why not? You touch your face. You know, you you touch your skin, hopefully with love. We have to reframe how we have observed sexuality in our mothers and our grandmothers and in ourselves so that we can teach our daughters. Because if we give up, you know, we keep licking our wounds, I've been hurt by a man, you know, or that didn't work or this didn't work or I'm never going to be able to have an orgasm. Those stories that we keep repeating to ourselves and to our girlfriends, you know, who, of course, nod their head and go, yes, yes, I agree, you know, who needs sex? Like, you know, when you get to a certain age, you don't need that. It leaves you. It's not that wonderful anyway. All of that is such nonsense. We need to rewrite our own stories and we need to rewrite a story based on claiming our sexuality. I mean, before you went on air, I had this conversation with you, which I'll share, you know. It's like in Tantra, there is a thing called a wave of bliss, which is the ability of a woman to have a 20-minute orgasm. Now, I have said that to women who go, why would you want to do that? It's like, I'm too busy for that. I'm like, are you serious? Oh. <laughs> Hello? I mean, we all know that an orgasm can get rid of a headache. So a 20-minute orgasm, who knows what it could do health-wise for you. But I actually watched a video of a woman having a one-hour continual orgasm. Wow, one hour. 
Diane. No. <laughs> I don't know what I'm thinking about I that. Know. And it was just constant, absolutely constant. The wave after wave after wave, but constant. There was no five-minute break in between. There was maybe a second wow. of a break in between or maybe two seconds. But you know, there wasn't even a minute. It was just consistent, consistent touch. And this was developed by her. They're both doctors, husband and wife. And the husband, she could never have an orgasm when they got married. And they're, you know, in their 50s now, but when they got married, um, she could not orgasm. And he said, as a doctor, I need to know why. Why can't you have an orgasm? So he spent his life (laughs) dedicating himself to... That's dedicating himself to her, isn't it? Absolutely. That's a commitment. Cherishing, isn't it? You know? Yes, absolutely. And so he did it and he found a way. Now, most women don't know what pleasures them. I mean, we know overall, you could say, well, yes, I like, just say you like um, oral sex, right? Just say, for argument's sake. Yep. But how? Do you like that? Or you might say, well, yes, I love my clitoris touch, but how do you like that? And do you know? Because so many women don't, and they expect their men to know, and they say, he doesn't he doesn't know how to make love to me properly, or it's always boring. Well, it's always boring because you don't have the courage to go there yourself, learn what you like, and then teach your beloved. It's like we've got to rewrite the history books for women and sexuality and stop blaming our men because my experience of men from teaching tantra is that men will walk over hot coals for their beloveds if they know how to walk on the coals but if you don't show them where the coals are it's like how can they possibly do that so it's absolutely up to the women to lead in this and to take the responsibility for their own sexuality that the men are off the hook and that this is about them and their own individual evolution Absolutely. And if we do not do this, Jane, now, I'm not talking in the next, you know, 100 years, I'm talking now, then what's happening in the world... Diane's banging the desk there. She's getting a bit passionate about this. (laughs) Well, I just get so upset at the level of pornography that's happening, at the level of, you know, I, I don't know whether you saw it, there was a thing on some show on TV just this week in in Adelaide, they were interviewing, this guy was doing a thing on porn and he interviewed this young boy, he was 19, and he said to this young boy, so how many times a day do you masturbate? How many times a day do you watch porn? He said, oh, eight or nine times a day. Now, okay, at 19, I'm sure they could have eight or nine orgasms in a day, but he said, what drives you to do that? And why do you do that instead of having a girlfriend? He said, oh, Girls, girls don't know what what really works for most men. He said, I, I was shocked. He said, watching the porn stars, they're so educated and they know what they're doing. And I, I'm just about ready to scream at the oh. television, thinking, my God, this boy has such a serious addiction. And now we've got 9 or 10 or 11-year-old boys who push something on the computer screen and finish up being directed to some terrible porn site and they think that is normal that's right they do they've got no idea that it's acting they've got no idea that you know these porn stars have taken drugs to have vaginas and anuses expanded and lubricated and they 
and it's not often real. it's it's quite degrading for the oh, female as well. It's very oppressive and supp- and suppressive. And that is exactly what we need to get out of because that's where we've been for three thousand years. And so young yes. girls are saying, "Oh well, he just wants to," you know. I mean, that whole Fifty Nine Shades of Grey. I could have strangled the woman who wrote that book because what she said to women was, "It's okay to be beaten." And I understand the whole other side of it, but. Basically, she degraded herself a lot by allowing him to do what he did. And now we've got young girls who are seeing these guys who are watching this porn. They have no idea what lovemaking is. They have no idea what tantra is. They have no idea of what's possible. And so we're breeding an entire generation of kids. They're going to write a story that's going to take us back even further than where we've been. That's why it's important for people like you. You're the next generation down from me. You know, at 70, it's like, yeah, whatever. I've got my – that part. Well, only just. I think I'm a bit less than that, but <laughs> <laughs> thank no, you. I'm 70. You're the next generation down. I know. Well, I'm 54, so there's not much difference between us. But you're right. Okay, I get what you're saying. Yes, absolutely. It is up to our generation to start breaking this cycle. Yes, absolutely. And if if we don't break it, then we have a major problem on our hands. And so, you know, do you know that OMG Yes site? No, I don't. Oh, my God. Go look at it. OMG Yes. Yes. And what it is, it was started by a woman who said, we need to educate women. And so basically... She created this whole site and they've got tons of women who actually say, this is how I like to have my clitoris touched. Now, it's not porn. It is so beautifully done. And you've got all these women giving you ideas because if you don't know anything about sexuality and you have never touched yourself and what you think is that it's like what a lot of men do, which is pressure, 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 stroke, 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 stroke in one way. It's like, do you know that there's a difference between the right side and the left side at the top of the clitoris? Most women don't know that. They never go there. I didn't know that. Well, go find out, Jane. I'm going to. So, OMG Yes website. Okay, I'll get the link and pop it up in the show notes. Because it's brilliant. So, this really has to come back to creating a village of women around us to support each other in these conversations. To take it off the table as being taboo or too embarrassing or ashamed or whatever and start saying it's okay to be educated. It's interesting you say this because while I was in Bali, I did touch very briefly on on sexual dysfunction, but I didn't go very far into it in the course. But I was trying while I was over there to find a Yoni massage therapist, hopefully to either just come and talk to the women or that I could get further information that I could share. And I wonder if you've had any experience in this field because I've, in my research, and it has only been limited, I've actually been a bit excited by this type of healing work. Oh, I agree. I mean, there have been yoni or sacred spot healers coming that they've been around for 20 odd years and they used to do right, okay lots, so this is new to me they used to do lots of trainings in australia and i have several friends both here and in america who were trained to be healers of the yoni say you're on your own and or say you were in a relationship with a man isn't interested although i can't imagine for one reason why a man wouldn't be but nevertheless there are such men they do exist 
then to be able to go to someone to have that healing is phenomenally powerful. Just to be able to, and this is a whole numbness that I've been that I was talking about, the anesthetization of the yoni. In order to wake it up, it needs very gentle. What's the word for lots and 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 lots of healing? On it, abundant and consistent. Absolutely. Well, I've started doing, and I've been doing it for about a year, is when I wake up in the morning, I put my hand over my yoni and I say, good morning. Is there anything that I can do for you today? <laughs> and, and Wow. Because I truly think, Jane, that you know how we say that our intuition is in our gut? I think for women yes. our intuition is in our yoni and that if we listen close enough and hard enough, she will answer us. And she will give us all of the directions that we need as to where to go, even though that part of us is really scared. If we really listen, it's like listening to your angels, except you're listening to your yoni. Remember, whoever's listening to this, yoni means sacred space. So it's a space that has been raped, pillaged, destroyed, abused, screwed to the wall for eons and now is the time for it to come into its full flowering my goal I've I've always said in Tantra Jane coming from where I came from sexually which was being raped I've come an enormous long way but if you were to compare me to a champagne bottle I used to say that I was in the bottle of the champagne working my way up but I was working my way up to the neck over late few years I've always said to the people the women at Tantra I think I'm climbing up the neck but I seriously believe that with the work that I'm doing now you know I'm about to pop the cord. This is exciting because this really has been a lifetime commitment of yours I know that you've taught in many different areas but you have done tantric teachings for 30 years 25 years 27, yeah. Yeah, a long time. So that is incredibly exciting. Two things I want to ask about. The first is Yoni eggs and Yoni wands, crystal eggs and wands. Can you share a bit about this? Because I'm imagining a lot of women thinking one of two things, they're either single and they want to heal themselves or they're in a relationship but they're still wanting to heal themselves in private to start with before feeling safe enough to have a conversation with their partner. So are yoni eggs and yoni wands, are they a good place to start? Absolutely. A yoni egg, and I like nephrite jade ones personally, but rose quartz is beautiful as well. Obsidian is beautiful. And the, these are the different vibrations yes. of the of the crystal. Yeah, right? the crystal. So a yoni egg, and I'll see if I can find some little videos that I can put links up to or maybe Diane in her expertise can share some of her fabulous resources that we can share. So they they literally heal from the inside out. See, the thing about all of us is that we want to do everything fast, you know, like we want it now. Healing a yoni is a long-term job. And you might think that you've begun the healing, and you have, and you might get to that plateau, a bit like losing weight, you know, you get to that plateau yes. and you don't do anything, and then suddenly wow, there's another layer that comes up. You go, but I thought I dealt with that. So if you're going to start it, expect it to be a practice rather than a moment in time. Right. And so when you get your egg, the first thing you have to do, I mean, 
I'm going to give you a picture, right? So the egg arrives in the mail and you go, wow, I don't know what to do with this, but okay, I'll shove it in. That's not how it works. You have to actually begin a relationship with it. So you would do like a meditation to settle yourself into your body and light a candle or something beautiful and hold the egg and connect with it, just looking at it, connect with it. And when you feel connected, then you can start to think about inserting it and start with a big egg because they come in different sizes. And if you start with a big egg, that's how it's recommended that everyone begins. Oh, I would have thought it would be the other way. You'd start with a small egg. No, you start with a big egg. Here's my complete ignorance on all of this. But that's fine. You've got That's why you've got me, Dad. That's right, exactly. <laughs> you start with a big egg so that the muscles kind of fit around it anyway. So if you had a little one, you might be scared that it could get lost. They can't get lost, although the first time I ever used one, I thought I had lost it and I thought I couldn't get it out. Okay, that could be an issue. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, it's like if you relax and breathe and just give a little push, they'll automatically come out. So what yoni eggs do is, of course, they tone the pelvic floor. So they tone all the muscles of the sacred space which means that you can then start to determine different muscles. You know when you go to a gym and you decide that you're going to work on your, I don't know, your trabecius muscle or your biceps or your whatever, and eventually you learn to distinguish that muscle? Well, this is the same kind of thing. So you learn to distinguish the muscles in the yoni. There are a million health benefits to using them. And I think that the egg is better than the wand because the wand for me is more like it's a it's an awkward shape because it's long so really the wand is like for people listening at home it's like a dildo yeah it's like a vibrator yeah yes yes that is solid usual well i think i've normally seen them in pink quartz yeah exactly but you know that's something that you would use more for stimulation rather more than heal i mean i know they're healing because it's a crystal but you know let's make that differentiation between the two the yoni egg heals so much stuff and so much old pain and so much old wounding and all the times when your yoni's been battered by a hard penis slash lingam that just wanted to come basically and so all of those little areas inside that have been beaten into complete anesthesia begin to wake up. And you can walk around using a yoni egg, you can sleep in it, you can... But but it's really beautiful to start the process really slow and really nurturing. And think of it like a meditation, you know. This is an opportunity to actually heal myself in different ways. One of the things I also wanted to... I can imagine that people listening are going... Oh, my God. Oh, yes, they will, but they'll have a million questions, I'm sure. I'm imagining that people would also be curious about going back to the Yoni massage therapist. Now, I've only ever seen this. I haven't experienced this. I've only seen it in uh, videos, but it looked amazing. Now, often, or is it traditional for the healer to be female? However, there are men that are also therapists. Is that right? Oh, there's a lot of men. There's a brilliant one in London who my goal is to get to meet him one day. He's quite a remarkable man. Yeah, the majority 
No, I can't say the majority are women, but in the old days they used to be women. And, and it's done so respectfully, isn't it? So this isn't about bringing somebody in to give you a sexual experience. This is for you to really heal, start to work on healing the trauma of... And the pain and the yes. shame and the guilt and the sadness and the all of that. And it's done so respectfully that it is actually like being with any other beautiful, loving, heart-centered, connected healer of any other part of your body, mind, soul, spirit, isn't it? It's so beautiful. Exactly. But you do have to, for me, I'm one of these people, Jane, that if you say to me, why don't you go and have a yoni massage, I would have to go, well... Who do you know that's been there? Because I do know of cases where, and not in Adelaide, but I do know of cases in Australia where women have gone to men. And, you know, when you go, it's, it's almost like going to a doctor because the old value of a doctor where you were in awe of them and you didn't argue with them and they say, well, okay, this is what you need, so take off your clothes. And, you know, and I had an incident where I had a couple who came to Tantra and she had gone to have some healing of her yoni and he went with her and they were both totally mortified. Neither of them said anything, even though she was just so embarrassed and so she did not enjoy any of it. And he was he didn't know what to say because this was a therapist that they were right. paying really big So you've got to, to ask around and get a good recommendation. Absolutely. Get a good recommendation first. Yeah. And you know, find somebody who's That's there. like um, going to a psychologist and, and having somebody play with your mind. Exactly. Yeah, so you've got to get the really high vibrational, beautiful, highly experienced people to do this. Now, the thing I'd love to finish on, Diane, is gorgeous men. We've got a lot of really amazing, I call them the divine masculine men that listen to our show, that are constantly committed to being the best version of themselves. And I can imagine them listening to this going, what can I do to support the women that I love? You know, my wife or my, my lover or whoever it is in their world. How can men be supportive of women that are wanting to, wanting to embark on this journey of, of yoni healing and sexual healing? Do the research, you know, read, watch videos, not porn videos, but videos on Tantra because all of it is tantrically based. And if they can do that and they can just be there, and I believe men can. Men love being inside a woman because uh, because it's a wonderful thing to do. But also when they're in relationship, often they don't get there very often because we're too tired or we've got kids or we're, you know, whatever, whatever story we want to come up with. So it's like if a man can understand to just be inside a woman, and ask questions. You have to have an agreement with that, otherwise the woman's going to hit him around the head, you know. But <laughs> if you have an agreement, like, what about if we just try this? What about if we give this a go? And slowly, slowly, because women women are way more complicated than men. Men are so simple, you know. I don't mean that in a derogative way. I mean they're uncomplicated when it comes to sexuality, the majority of them. So men... I acknowledge every one of you, if you're listening to this, please do your homework. And if you're not in a relationship, train yourself. Train yourself about a woman's body. 
learn about it, get diagrams, figure out where the cervix is, figure out what the clitoris is actually about. I mean, it's amazing to me that most people think a clitoris is a little tiny thing that's like half an inch. Yes. Is it about like 30 inches, 50 inches, something? Centimetres. Sorry, centimetres. And it and it splits off and goes into two, and it has 8,000 nerve endings on the end of it compared to 4,000 to a linum. So it's like it's twice as sensitive as a, as a linum is, but it's tiny in comparison when they're both engorged and enlarged. A clitoris is still a small thing, but much bigger than we ever begin to believe that it is. And so where do those, if all you can see is the bit at the front, where does the rest go and what would happen if you touched that? And if I could say one thing, when you're touching a woman you know, or a man, whoever you're touching, do it consciously. You know, we tend to go unconscious because sex is never something that we've been instructed in or taught. And so you've got to stay conscious. Otherwise, you know, you go off, especially us, you know, we go off thinking about have we made lunch for tomorrow (laughs) or whatever it is, you know. (laughs) And it's like so staying in that moment and staying conscious is how we're actually going to bring that intimacy back in. You know, put orgasm at the very end of the path because the journey to there is enormous and it's way more pleasurable, you know, the journey than the actual destination because it's waking up our entire being and bringing us closer to ourselves, bringing us closer to our beloved. And, you know, I truly believe that when you make love in a tantric way, you bring love into the world. That is a gorgeous way to finish it, Diane. That is amazing. Diane, together with her husband, Robert, are running another tantric workshop in Bali in September. If you are interested, then head to their website, beyondtheordinary.net.au, and I've popped the link in the show notes. I've also included links to the OMG Yes site and to a site that sells and educates women on the use of yoni eggs. If you'd like to support the show, I would love to have you become a patron for as little as 25 cents per episode, and you can opt out at any point. Head to patreon.com forward slash show. And a big thank you to our gorgeous patrons, The You Matter Project. Have a listen to Peter Leonard's great podcast. I've got the link in the show notes. Catherine Hills, Helen Vargas, Meredith Bartlett, Amy Yates, Greg Whiting, Linda Bonneman, Jade Downs, Belinda Price, Cecilia Fisher, my virtual assistants, uh, that's the gorgeous Katie who virtually runs my life, Nikki Peep, Helen Jackson, and Yvette Holdsworth. Thank you so much for the continued support that you offer to the show. And until next week, everyone, love your yoni. Life is perfect, I'm not trying, it's just happening And it's a beautiful day